Hey, it's Troy and Scott from Who Cares About Men's Health. We're taking a bit of a break this summer, but wanted to share with you some of our favorite episodes from the last six months. In this episode, we talk about how therapy isn't just for a crisis. You know, I think, Scott, we often think that, uh, you know, we have a crisis, someone needs to go to the emergency room, get gets help. But oftentimes the best step is prevention. And that's really what we talk about in this episode. Yeah, just like your physical health, you know, your your mental health is very similar insofar as you can start sensing when something's not right. You know, like if you twist your ankle or if you start getting a muscle that's not acting quite right. And those are really the times to uh, take a look at your mental health and start dealing more in a productive manner with anxiety and other things like that. So therapy isn't just for a crisis. This was with Kevin Curtis and his friend Ben. Go ahead and listen to this. We'll be back with new episodes coming up soon. Coming in hot to stir the pot. So 150 megahertz. Exactly. Got a flamethrower up on top of Enzyme Peak. Get to hear something from Roy to whatever, South Jordan. Broadcasting from the top of Ensign Peak to the universe. This, this is, is Who Cares About Men's Health. The show is called Who Cares About Men's Health. It is a show to talk about our health because, uh, you know, a lot of times I think guys care about their health, but they feel a little funny sometimes talking about it. So we're trying to normalize that and show that it is cool and okay and that you can actually get benefit out of that. My name is Scott Singpill. I am the manager of thescoperadio.com and I care about men's health. And I'm Dr. Troy Madsen. I'm an emergency physician at the University of Utah and I care about men's health. I'm Kevin Curtis. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the director of crisis services at the Neuropsychiatric Institute and I care about men's health. And my name is Ben and I am an average employee at the local university, and I care about men's health. All right. We got a full house today, Troy. Full house. And we all care about men's health. That's the good news. This is exciting. So we talk about our core four plus one more, which is there are just four things. If you kind of focus on these four things, it's going to make your life better today and in the future. That's your nutrition, your activity, uh, your sleep, your mental health. And then the plus one more is you got to know your genetics. Mental health is one of those things. We talk about men talking about their health. A lot of times we might talk about big events like a heart attack or something like that, right? But right. generally our normal day-to-day -day health, we don't talk about. And certainly we would never talk about our mental well-being. No, no, that's, that's a taboo topic. But it's a critical, critical part of our health. And that's why we brought Ben in today. Um, because he had an experience, and yeah. we'd like to hear his story uh, about his journey with his mental health. So let's right. let's start with you, Ben, and let's just start at the point where you th you realized something was up. So I've uh, this was early in my career uh, before I was married. So this was 10, 12 years ago, and I was uh, just working, trying to get over at work. Uh, lots of different s stressors. And I just had realized that there were certain aspects of my life that seemed to be more and more unmanageable. And I remember receiving an email from our human resources representative, just outlaying some, just some benefits that we had as employees. And one of them was something I had not ever heard of called the employee assistance program. And it had a little description of what it was all about. And I thought that it, I would give it a call just to talk about this situation that I felt was not working for me in my life. Can you expand a little bit on what that, what you meant by unmanageable? There were certain aspects of your life that were unmanageable. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, there were, I was, I don't know, late twenties 
and there were some uh, there was just some 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 patterns that I was I was seeing myself do like the way I was inter relating with certain people at work some feelings that I was having about some work situations that I just I felt like I didn't see I felt like you know other people that I saw weren't having these same types of problems was it anger was it uh yeah burnout? i, th I, mean, I think, like, no it was it was i think it was rooted in just like some frustration and anger and i remember i was taking stuff home with me so i would i went to my parents house for for like sunday dinner one day and my dad said what what is going on you, you're not acting like yourself i can tell something's going on i felt like oh okay i'm I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know like I'm not super happy, but I didn't, I also didn't have, I also realized that I didn't have a lot of the tools to understand what was hap happening. <laughs> so at the moment, I mean, your dad said that, but you didn't realize necessarily yeah, like that I you were I, acting differently like at I all. Kn I knew I wasn't like super psyched about work, <laughs> uh, but I also, I also felt like, you know, lots of Dilbert cartoons had taught me that you shouldn't be very psyched okay. about work anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what's tough. It sounds like someone actually brought it to your attention. I think for a lot of us, we say, well, work is work. If it wasn't work, it'd be called fun, but it's not <laughs> called fun. It's called work. So I just get through the day, but it sounds like you were seeing changes and someone actually pointed yeah, it out to and you. I, well, I I'd attributed it to, uh, you know, my supervisor had suddenly quit and I was then thrust into a more expanded role than I was ready for. And I, I, I just, I thought like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just really stressed by this and everything. Uh, so I thought I would just, I, so I received this email saying, Hey, there's this employee assistance program. Give them a call. It's super easy. I went on the website, saw that it was all about, I initially, I, I, I thought, Oh, this is, this is therapy because I, I'm not diagnosed with anything. I'm not ready for like a long-term multi-year three days a week. Like session. on the Sopranos, you're, you were ready for that sort <laughs> yeah. of situation. Like I'm not going to unpack a bunch of relationships <laughs> with my mom, uh, with this. Uh, so I, I, the information that I had was that it was going to be a short term outcome based type of arrangement. I thought, well, that's, that's great. So, so I called, made the appointment, uh, went and sat in and, uh, and I think that w that ex sitting down and talking to someone who's an objective third party who ha who is really skilled with the tools. And I guess, I guess is it my dad brings it up, but it's not like my family of origin has a lot of mental health expertise, right? It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you should go talk to somebody. Yeah, sure. So, but not me. <laughs> Kevin, is this pretty common the way that he was experiencing it? Frustration, anger, and then somebody else kind of says, what's up? you just don't seem like the same person. Yeah, that, that definitely happens. Um, not not for everyone. So you, you don't you don't want to wait until somebody kind of points out, oh, you seem miserable. You probably need some help. Is it also pretty common that maybe we don't realize that there's something going on? We don't. I mean, I don't know how to word that. Any we like have these emotions, but we don't even realize what we're doing. Yeah, that that's that is. It's not just common. That is the experience for most people. Mo most most people they can see when other people are not doing well, but they live in their heads all day and they are really frequently very poor at knowing when they're not doing well. And I guess another good point Ben brought up was that, you know, he didn't feel like he was going there to get a diagnosis or, you know, necessarily be diagnosed with something or start on medication. But it sounds like, Ben, you found a lot of value just in being able to talk with someone there. And that's really the value you took from it. Right. So I, right. So I, I met with the therapist and or I'm not sure what she was called, therapist, whatever. I don't know what they're called. 
I met with somebody. They, well, they were great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a good question. Who generally would you encounter if you to, to, did one of those work assistance it, things? If you go to an EAP, it's typically staffed by licensed mental health therapists. Yeah, this, this individual is an LCSW. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So and, I met and, with her yeah. and, and she said, what's, what's happening? I said, well, I have you know, XYZ happening. I'm not happy about it. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, and she had some very, some very, you know, they might seem simple, but some techniques and things that she gave me some homework and some things that I took with me. And I think over the course of meeting with her three or four times, this is probably two, three months, uh, some real marked changes in how I was interacting with people, how I was engaging with life. And then I had sort of like this, the beginnings of a mental health toolbox that still serves me to this day. Was there some skepticism about going in? I mean, did you have this little interior monologue like, I'm a guy, I don't need this. This is ridiculous. What are they going to tell me that I don't already know? I just need to get more training in my job. No, I, uh, no, I felt. That's awesome. I, 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 I felt like there was obviously something that I was missing. Yeah. In my life. In the time, because the experience was so positive the first time I went, and this might be the takeaway for a listener, right? Is you should just go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it, it'll it, it likely will be something useful, and that that sort of sets the table for the for my engagement for the the rest of my life, I guess. And Kevin, what's what's your typical experience with this when you see people come in? Is it kind of a one and done thing? A lot of people just come in one time and they're like, ah, I'm good. Are they coming back for multiple visits? Is it usually three or four? Or is it, you know, pretty much yeah, over their career that, they continue to come in? That's a great question. I, th- I think it varies depending on the need. Um, it, it's interesting when, when you talk about kind of medical health, I think people understand there's a broad spectrum of different ways of getting that help. There's the emergency room when you're dying. There's the primary care office when you have a cold. There are all these different ways to engage with medical health. But they they often think of mental health as I engage in it when I'm in crisis or when I'm suicidal or that sort of thing. And, and that's not the reality for the ma- vast majority of people that, that, that could benefit from mental health services. It's kind of the, 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 the difference between only going to see a financial planner when you're in bankruptcy versus <laughs> going to see a financial planner to, to actually plan for your future, to, to problem solve some, some issues you may be having and, and really set yourself up for success. I think that's a great analogy because, you know, that person has some skills and ability and they have dedicated their career and they have some talent in helping you plan your finances. Just like when you're going to somebody like a licensed clinical social worker has those skills, tools and abilities to help you with that as well. Yeah. I uh, So along those lines, about five years ago, there was a there was a, a, a family situation that was beginning to play out. I thought I was trying to project kind of where, where, where some, where a situation was headed. And, uh, and this was over the holidays and I felt like I was having a heart attack when I was thinking about it. Wow. Really? And I, I, and I knew I wasn't having a heart attack, but I said, I think I'm having a panic attack. I think I'm having a, a couple, like a sequence of panic attacks all surrounding, you know, thinking about this situation. And, uh, and had I not, um, had I not initially been ex- had like gone to the employee assistance or seen somebody previously, I, I wouldn't have known what was, what to do. But because I had had that experience, I have this panic attack. I think, okay, I need to, I need to check in with EAP, like as soon as the holidays are over, which I did and went and met, saw somebody really quickly. 
I met with met with this guy, uh, an LCSW, not just a guy, a guy, but he gave me some really. <laughs> I saw a guy. It was great. He was in the back of a van. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> Actually, it's not a terrible. Wise. It's not a terrible idea. No, was, As a professional, I don't recommend okay. meeting with somebody. No, in the back that of is a terrible idea. Uh, then yeah, no, he, 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 not, not great. He, he for was, these purposes, he was, great. he was at LCSW. He was at the same office where I'd been previously. I, I knew what it was like. It was not a big deal. Even though I, somebody else may may feel like they were in a crisis. I just knew I was have. I'm, I'm like I think I'm having a panic attack. I go and talk to him. Say, I think I'm having panic attacks, and I think it's centering around this specific family situation that might play out this certain way. And it was just another great another great experience of talking to an objective third party who can help you unpack, a professional who can help you unpack the situation, and then gave me some real uh, some real useful practical techniques that I could that I could exercise to deal with this. We, we earlier we talked about this notion if it's hidden like how would a person know about it it sounded like ben because of his previous experience then started realizing that these types of things are, are going on is is that the case or is it always hidden i mean how do you self-check your mental health that that is the million dollar question i've had personal experiences where i've used a therapist or i've used an eap and for for me i've had that barrier of but you are a therapist, you know, the tools, you, you know, that. So, um, I don't think that there's an easy answer to that question of, of how do you know, because we all have what are our own experiences that we, we bring. And, and a lot of those experiences are cultural experiences that reinforce, uh, you, you know, if, if, if you're not bleeding, you're okay. And, and that's just not, not the case. I mean, kind of along those lines, as I'm hearing you talk about, you know, the financial planner analogy and Ben about your experience and then just recognizing, hey, I'm just going to get back in and see EAP. It almost seems to me that it's not a bad idea, even if you're not really that stressed to work, to see EAP at some point and have that established almost like a primary care physician. So you have that relationship, or at least you've made some contact. Certainly we all experience stress to some degree or another, and then you feel much more comfortable going in there as things come up. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a recommendation that I, I make to people all the time. It's, it's not, what are the problems that you're experiencing that you want to solve? It's how could your life be better and what would you be willing to do to, to make your, your life better? Um, so. Yeah, that's fantastic. Cause I go see a massage therapist every quarter just to kind of get some kinks worked out, whether I need to or not, I just hard schedule that appointment. So maybe Perhaps that is a good idea. Just have that appointment every quarter or so, even if you don't have anything going on. That way you've got the relationship. And I'd imagine through those conversations, you'll find something. It's, if you really analyze your life, then. Cer certainly. I, I, I loved Ben's mention of the Dilbert cartoons and kind of this shared understanding that work's supposed to be awful and you, you should feel like it's a slog. Uh, true, work, work will never be play, right? But you don't have to be miserable in your family life. You don't have to be miserable in your work life. Um, that, that, that is not actually an, an experience that's required for everybody to go through. So if you're experiencing any, any sort of um, negative emotion attached to any of those domains of your life, those are all things that you can proactively talk about with, with somebody and, and that can usually help. We talked about how Ben used um, the employee assistance program, which some people have. Some people don't have that. So how do you access this resource? 
I mean, there are some people that have insurance and then there are some people that don't. So what's your thought on that, Kevin? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is that most people that are employed will have an employee assistance program. The, the level to which their organization is good about educating people on that. So before you do anything, you, you may want to check with your employer if, if you are in an employed situation. If you, if you do not have insurance or you don't, do not have access to an EAP, there, there are lots of, of, of different ways of gaining access to some of these resources. So a lot of people, when they think about uh, mental health work, they think about going to pay $200 to sit on somebody's couch. And, and that, that, is, that is a thing that exists out there, but that is not the only thing. Um, there are many local behavioral health clinics that, that provide uh, therapy type services that operate on a sliding scale where, where you have a conversation with them about what your finances are and they cater the cost. Um, there are uh, places that, that provide low cost counseling services. A, a good example of that is some of the universities, uh, the one that I'm thinking of, University of Phoenix, their counseling program, they offer uh, low cost therapy sessions with their trainee therapists, which can also be really helpful. And that happens under the supervision of licensed clinicians. So there, there are lots of options out there. Um, don't, don't let cost be a, a barrier to, to getting in and seeing somebody. So I'm looking probably for a licensed clinical social worker is kind of my first step. I don't need to look up a psychiatrist or a psychologist. That, that's, that's, that's correct. Um, licensed clinical social workers are not the only people that do this work. There are some psychologists that work on a sliding sliding scale, um, and any sort of mental health counselor would would be a a, a good fit. Um, but that that language of do you use a sliding scale could could be useful for people that are that are wanting to get that access, but they're concerned about the finances. All right, Ben, thank you very much for sharing your story and your experience. We appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Well, I, I care about men's health, <laughs> so of course I would be there. here. <laughs> I think through your story, um, hopefully we'll see some people inspired to maybe, it sounds like emotions might be one of the things you might like. If you're feeling these emotions that you're like, why am I feeling this? That might be a good indication yeah. of something that hides itself. Exactly. You know, and manifesting out. itself in relationships, you're just, you know, kind of like Ben found, maybe you're just finding issues at work or you're just a little quicker to react to things and all, all potentially reasons to go talk to someone. I hope this story empowers people. I would also just add that if you see something in a loved one or a friend and you think that there's something there, uh, you should address that with the person maybe sooner than later. Uh, and uh, I know like Kevin and I are good friends. I called Kevin just about to get some advice on, on, on prom prompting somebody to reach out. And I think like that, uh, you know, I, I initially reached out to EAP because somebody at, asked me what's going on. So I think if you, if you have somebody that, that you feel like you might be concerned about or something that might be there, you should act on that. That's a, that's a great point. Something we probably don't do enough as guys, but talking to them, finding the opportunity and, and, you know, helping them to get help in the right direction. And that question, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Thanks for listening. And thanks for caring about men's health. All right, so we uh, get some email on occasion from people wondering some questions. Uh, Troy, you just recently got one. Would you share that with us? 
I do get occasion. I should say I get occasional emails from people. Maybe I should share those. I got one recently from a guy. Who, <laughs> no, Troy, just keep those to yourself. Yeah, like fan mail to yourself. <laughs> don't tell us. Yeah, don't it tell us what's fan going mail, on. It's on the medical show. questions. It's I got one from a guy recently who's like, I found a baby bat in the woods and I picked it up and I was playing with it, and then I let it go. Should I get a rabies shot? My family says yes. <laughs> this wow. was the email, and I, wow. you know. So I occasionally get these emails and my response is, I, I say, I, I can't offer specific health advice, but I will refer you to the CDC website, which says if you've had any possible contact with an animal, a bat saliva, you should get the rabies series. But Oh, really? So it doesn't have to bite you, just the, the saliva? No, enough. they go as far to say, if you wake up in your bedroom and there's a bat in the room, you need to get the rabies series. Just yeah, I've, of I mean, yeah. I've heard that, right? But yeah. I guess I thought that's because you would never know if it bit you in the night. Yeah, no, even playing with it. No, there was a horrible case two years ago in Wyoming that we treated here. I mean, I can say this because it was all in the news and all that. But yeah, family that, yeah, the same kind of thing. They were just playing with bats in their house, never bitten that they knew of. And one of the family members died of rabies. Um, so any contact with saliva like bats or anything, you just, you know, it's easy enough. The series is not a big deal. People worry so much about it because they hear about getting shots in their stomach and stuff, but it's not, that's not the case at all. So yeah, it's like, just do it. Wow. So then like, so how then do I get rabies from the saliva? Is it the back to the, the good old, you put your hand in your mouth, you touch your eyes, touch your face. I mean, is that how it, can it, could it go in through like a open sore or something on your hand? Probably, you know, I think the bigger thing probably is it gets on your hand and then you touch your eyes, you wipe your, you wipe your eyes, you touch your mouth and it gets in through, you know, through that route. But yeah, it's, a, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's just, it's not a big deal to, to give the vaccine and it's, there's no treatment for it. So you just say, yeah, any risk, just get treated. Um, so playing with bats, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What does that look like? Exa- I mean, what are you doing there? Well, it's I not like a dog that you want to pet their head. It's probably not just like-, like holding it and stuff. And I, I mean, I'm guessing it's like, I don't know. I just imagine him coming upon this little bat in the woods and like oh what is this oh cool and like picks it up and it's kind of like fluttering around in his hands and he's checking it out you know I can't blame the guy I'd probably do the same thing I'm not recommending that it's unwise but I you know I'm mean, not knowing they, better I might do the same thing do they fetch um if, like you threw some would they fly and bring it back because I mean you know I played you, fetch you with dogs know. you get a lot of get a lot of saliva on the ball that way bats uh, that's a bad idea to be handling bats. Are there other other animals that that, that... unwise to handle bats? Yeah. Yes, Are there yes. other animals that you could get rabies from that just from the saliva that you might want to stay away from? Uh, raccoons. Yeah, raccoons are notorious carriers of rabies. Um, there was a guy on Instagram I followed had a pet raccoon. Yeah, people have pet raccoons, and I don't know if they're getting the raccoons tested, like if if they're domesticated, like they've you know been bred, and they or what the situation is there, but. Yeah, it's not an animal you want to keep as a pet <laughs> just because of that rabies risk. And they're, again, they're asymptomatic carriers. It's not like they're foaming at the mouth. It's not like they're old yeller where they're clearly having rabies. You just, you know, look just like healthy little animals. And you, yeah, you don't want to keep them as a pet. Spoiler That's... alert on old yeller. I mean, I didn't know he had. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you not seen old yeller? Uh, no, I guess not. Jeez. Oh, that is uh. that. That is the the saddest the saddest movie 
I mean, if you want to make me cry, show me Old Yeller or or Marley and me. Like, just no. I mean, had rabies. Old Yeller had rabies. Get out of here! Get out of here! Get. All right. So back to rabies. So raccoons, bats. What else? Um. Yeah. It's it's mainly meat. It's It's, mainly meat eating animals, isn't it? Yes, meat eating animals. Those are your biggest risk. Um, you know things like rabbits, squirrels. Oh, rabbits! Not, not, not oh, carriers okay, of rabies. Okay. No, those are not carriers because they're not meat-eating animals. It's primarily wild meat-eating animals. Oh. Although bats don't eat meat, but they are carriers of rabies. So, well, they eat bugs, don't they? Isn't that meat? <laughs> I mean, it's not a lot of meat. It's, it's a just bug, a little it's tiny a bit of meat, meat but. I, maybe it is. I don't know. It's maybe that's more of a philosophical question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can I still be a vegetarian and eat bugs? I don't have a good answer to that. <laughs> All right. Well, know. interesting, interesting uh, journey into rabies and why you shouldn't be playing with uh, wild animals that you discover. <laughs> yeah. Out yeah, in the exactly. forest. Yeah. Avoid the wild animals. And if you have a question, you can email us at any time, of course, at hello at the scope all right, odds and ends on who cares about men's health. One item that we're going to discuss, and that is the Who Cares About Mitch's Health 5K. Uh, we are getting closer and closer. It's going to be on June 20th. If you have not done so, please go to facebook.com slash who cares men's health and sign up for the event. It's a virtual 5K to celebrate the fact that Troy, uh, that, that Mitch, I should say, has gone from couch to 5K in the course of nine weeks. So when you go there, sign up. Let us know that you want to participate. If you want to run, walk, doesn't matter. But download your bib. And pick your number and get ready for the 5K on June 20th. Speaking of bibs, we have this great picture that Troy sent us. Tell us what this picture is, Troy. What am I looking at here? So this picture is me and my running buddy, Charlotte, with our race bibs. And we are ready to go. My number is my my lucky number, number 33, which I've never had in a race. And Charlotte's number is one half since she's she's kind of short. So... She's my running buddy. She's excited to participate. You can see the enthusiasm in her face. She's just like, let me go. Let me run this for Mitch. She's ready to do it. So, so that is a picture. She wants to do it for Mitch. I love that. She I wants to that. do it for Mitch. She's like, I have not met Mitch, but I already like him, and I'm going to run this for Mitch. <laughs> uh, this picture is one of the most awesome things that I've ever seen in my life, by the way. So thank you for doing the bibs. Mitch. No, Mitch's number is 101 because, um, and it took me a while to, to realize why this was, even after he told me why 101 you didn't want to be number one right mitch no, no. see that's what i took and then i, I re-listened to the episode i'm like no i completely misunderstood what he was saying no because oh. when you are first learning something the course that you take is course 101 oh, like you are right. just learning so i am yeah. just learning to run i am number 101 and, and i thought oh, it was because he wanted to say he's number one but didn't want to be so you know bold <laughs> as to I say number too. one okay. so i'm gonna be number 101 that was really we we missed yeah we missed the point of that but no, I like it. Scott, what number are you going to be? Have you yeah, picked your number out? that's a good question. You know, I don't know. I haven't picked my number out. I mean, mm. maybe I should just be 69 because, you know, that guy's going to show up. So maybe I just preempt it. <laughs> You're just going to be him. 69, dude. <laughs> it's you. It's no, you. it's not me. That's the funny part of this. So I need to come up with a number. I you don't need know. to be 69 and you need to have like a mullet and headband and like 80 sunglasses. <laughs> That's what you need to be. You just need to be that guy. So uh, we'd love it if you'd participate. Get your bib, pick your number, and then June 20th, join us uh, whenever works for you because it's the 5K your way, the Who Cares About Mitch's Health 5K. More information at facebook.com slash who cares men's health. 
Just going to leave this here. It might have something to do with health or it might just be a random thought. Troy, why don't you go ahead and start this off? Scott, I'm just going to leave this here. Today was a big day for me. And uh, I know you may not have noticed yet because I haven't actually requested any friends, but I actually joined Facebook today. Whoa, what? I know. I had to do it to get a copy of our bib for um, for the photo I took with Charlotte. So I actually signed up for a Facebook account. I have not made any friends on Facebook yet. Um, I'm worried that when I try to make friends that no one will friend me back. So I'm just going to be sitting there with no friends. Yeah, right. uh, but maybe the podcast will be my friend. But um, I did it. I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what to make of it yet. But I did join Facebook. I, I took the plunge. Well, I have an announcement. I've decided to get off Facebook because <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm on, so now I really won't have any friends unless Mitch will friend me. I'm just going to leave this here. Um, you know, I never look as cool in the mirror or in real life as I do in my shadow. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> like when shadow. I'm out running or doing anything, my shadow looks awesome. Yeah. But then I see see myself like I'll run by a building and see a, my reflection in the glass and I don't look as awesome <laughs> anymore. So I just kind of <laughs> wish I kind of wish I always looked like my shadow because my shadow looks awesome. <laughs> your, That's shadow, my... your shadow's got great form. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's because in the shadow, it's like shortened. And so it makes your, but your pace is still, you know, relative to the shadow height is still your normal pace. So maybe it makes your pace look longer, but yeah, I, I, I kind of hear what you're talking about. Usually the shadow runner looks pretty cool. I think my shadow looks taller and leaner, I think maybe oh. is why that looks so awesome. As opposed to when I used to weight train. It depends when you're running. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to when I used to weight train and I go into uh, come out of the gym. I loved how I looked in the, my car window, the side car window. Cause that, that made everything smaller. So it made me look it's like the, it's like the, the fun house mirror. It's like, yeah, I like that look. That's a good angle. That's right. If I was rich, I would, I would have a room with various mirrors that depicted me. However, I wanted to see myself that particular day. Let's pick your mirror, your mirror of the day. I'm feeling, yep, I'm feeling kind of tall and lean today. I like it. All right, time to say the things that uh, you say at the end of podcasts because we are at the end of ours. Troy, you love doing this, so why don't you go ahead and start? Oh, I know. I practice this in my sleep. So thanks for listening. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash whocaresmenshealth, which now I can go to that page and I can actually see stuff since I have a Facebook account. Uh, go to whocaresmenshealth.com. Uh, you can contact us at hello at radio.com. We'd love to hear from you and, and hear what you have to say. Absolutely. And uh, most importantly, subscribe to this podcast if it was something you enjoyed and tell a friend about it if you think it's something that somebody that you know would enjoy and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for caring about men's health.